We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We, <clears throat> you know the song. Relax the rock. It's a Scotty's Vodka Relax Red Bull Friday, baby. Scotty's Vodka, Maryland made, amazingly smooth, and loved shot, throughout shot, the DMV. Shot, 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 shot. People love vodka. People love PFT comments or PFT Everybody. joins us via the BetQL guest line. Barstool <coughs> Sports, pardon my take, the biggest podcast in the damn planet. PFT, what's up, man? How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing great. How are you? We are doing fantastic, young man. How you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm actually I'm just getting over uh, round three with COVID. I'm about oh, to no. be back to back to back. Uh, COVID survivor right now, kicking his ass. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good. This, this train that I've got right now is mid. But it's pretty contagious, so uh, just trying to isolate myself. Uh, just watch a lot of All-22 this week. So just been hunkering down, listening to Miley Cyrus, and uh, and, and watching football on TV. That's about it. She got Bur- a new album coming Bourbon out. and some warm tea. Yo, listen, it, it might be Vodka Red Bull Friday for you guys. It's Hottie Toddy Friday. That's an Hottie Toddy's underrated, underrated that- drink, and uh, I owe probably 90% of my recovery right now to Hottie Toddy's. <laughs> well, we hope you get all the way back. Yeah. Um, obviously, a million things happened after this, but I remember very, very early on when coronavirus first started becoming a thing as an AWL of Pardon My Take. And this is like when it was big and like it was it was really going bad in Italy and across the, the across the ocean from us. And you kept saying, like, yeah, but who has coronavirus played? Coronavirus ain't played Bama. I remember that and always thought it was so hysterical, dude. Yeah, no, we were saying that Corona's only one in China. It can't, it can't win on the road. It hasn't proven anything. Uh, a lot happened after that. We oh, learned. yes, it did. We learned lots, but in yeah, the we, moment, it was hysterical. Um, we, we might have taunted COVID a little bit too much right off the bat. And, uh, and we did. We gave it some bulletin board material. Definitely, definitely press clippings. <laughs> Regret, yeah. Um, well, dude, I, obviously some, some real news this week. Um, Scott Turner's out as the commander's offensive coordinator. Um, I think you – I know that you and Scott usually have two beers at the Combine. Um, what do you think of the decision? Uh, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wait till I, I get done with my yearly meeting with Scott at uh, Prime 57 on Thursday night where we have our annual two IPAs and then we go on our merry way. And it's 47. Um, I, I, I'll 47. I always forget. It's uh, whatever <laughs> it is. It's got, some, it's got some good steak. You walk in, Andy Reid is always just finishing up his three steak dinner that he has every year with staging. And then he just calmly lets himself out and then the party devolves into debauchery. But um, I, I, I like Scott. I think Scott's a good dude. He's, he's become a friend of mine um, and I've known him for a while. And so I want to root for him. 
I don't think that the situation was was pointing in a good direction. If you just look at the numbers, it's it's hard to justify keeping him around based on what the offense has been able to do. Um, I think that a lot of that does have to do with the uh, the fact that we didn't really have an identity as a football team at all mm-hmm. the entire time that, that he was here. There was no stability. So it, it w- it's a bad situation, I think, um, and it's tough to win. And unless you're a truly remarkable offensive coordinator, um, what we've seen with the turnover here has been uh, – it, it's a recipe for disaster. So it's like one of those jobs where I was happy for him when he got it, but at the same time it's like, listen – you don't have Cam Newton here. You don't have you don't have a, a superstar that's going to make life easy on you. So um, I, I think they probably made the right decision, and it was the only decision that they could make uh, really going into this offseason where they're not going to fire they're not going to fire Ron. So they can just you know let let, let Turner go, and and that can be the blame for their offensive struggles. Now I am a little bit worried about the fact that Scott Turner might get picked up somewhere else. I don't know. Let's just say he goes out to Denver. He becomes offensive coordinator. He becomes a quarterback coach out there. He takes his Russell Wilson, and then in five years, uh, Scott Turner is going to be on the graphic right next to Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, about like former uh, Washington offensive coordinators and coaches that have gone on to do big things. That's what I'm worried about. That I mean, I'm rooting for him to have success in the future, but I can see a world where he goes somewhere else, takes a step back with a good quarterback, and then ends up just dominating us for the rest of rest of my thirties and forties. Dude, we were joking that they're going to run out of space on the graphic if they have to add Scott but Turner. Do we really look at that situation? If he were to leave here and go somewhere for five years and then become a coach, is that really somebody that was in house that we were going to hire? Because right now, based off of what Scott has shown here, nobody's going to hire him as a head coach. So if he's a head coach five years from now, I think that graphic he doesn't fit on that. Like a lot of these yeah, other but, guys don't fit on that, but. Oh, I know, I, I know, but it's just it's Schefter that loves to dig it in on us. It's yeah. Schefter that just loves to be like, hey, uh, look at all these guys that, that went out the door. Sometimes I think this might be like a little bit narcissistic, but sometimes I think that Schefter puts that out just to make me mad because he knows every year at the Combine we sit down, we have a little airing of grievances, and and I, I've made it very clear to him that some of those coaches don't fit on that list, and he just puts it out more frequently. Um. PFT, I, I want to ask you this because I, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know that Scott did enough. He didn't do enough to guarantee that he sticks around, right? Mm. But I do think he is kind of getting the brunt of criticism and frustration that really is aimed at Ron. And so Ron had to make some sort of move. And, and, and Scott, in a way, is a scapegoat here. I, I think it's like... 50-50 almost, not of uh, uh, production versus scapegoat. W- w- where do you weigh in on that? Yeah, I think it, I can see both sides of it. I think you're right. I think 50-50, and I'm not trying to straddle the fence here, but I think that's the right position because you know that the, the numbers just didn't add up. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to justify keeping around a guy that, that finished in the bottom third of the league for the last few years um, if it doesn't show like clear signs of improvement. I guess – the only argument that you could make for keeping him around, besides the fact he's a good guy and I like him, uh, is that I think uh, you know you've got a, a rookie quarterback in Howe, and he played one game and he did okay. But there's an argument to be made that if there's a level of, of comfort there, if he shows signs uh, of of promise, if you've watched him progress over the year, and if Scott has had something to do with his improvement over the year, and you're planning on putting him 
into uh, into the starting position next year, then there's an argument that you can make about uh, about keeping him around in that situation. But besides that, I don't think that numbers wise, there's a reason to keep him around. And also at the same time, like I I. I think that there needed to be a scapegoat. There had to be, like in all, <laughs> like we've talked about, in an off season where it's just straight up uh, continuity is not going to work in this situation. So they had to let somebody go. But then, also when you look at it, you talked earlier about us having an identity. Well, Scott has never been has the identity of being a, a guy who's going to run the ball all the time. He wants to toss it around. But three years right. into it, you say, well, you know, we want to run it two two to one. I don't think that we have an identity even now. So what's really the concept? You know, we're going to always say make it to what we think when it's not what we were doing. For three years, you allowed him to do that. You didn't talk to him about it? Right, right. There, there was no identity, and, and that has to go on Ron. Like, there, trust me, this, this mess that we're in should probably fall squarely on Ron's shoulders, but the reality is that we're kind of handcuffed to him right now. So, talking with our friend PFT Commenter from Barstool Sports and the Part of My Take podcast, you can give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at PFT Commenter. Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet, uh, PFT, but this morning Mike Garofolo reported that the commanders reached out to Jim Caldwell about the offense coordinator job. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I only want to be a head coach. Um, I think there's real skepticism, perhaps, that the – Commanders are going to be able to land an offensive coordinator of their choosing, uh, you know, kind of their top top of their list, and they might just kind of land with somebody else. Um, what do you think of this offensive coordinator search we're going to see? It's going to be tough. You're, you're right. Like, who who wants to come into this situation? It's going to be going to have to be like a friend of Ron Rivera's, basically, like somebody that that he's worked with in the past. Maybe somebody that's down and out that that hasn't seen. Uh, an opportunity in the league for a while and wants a second chance. I don't. I honestly don't know. Maybe it could be like a former player that that uh, has been a position coach for a little bit that's hungry. But I don't. There's no chance that we're going to get like a premier, a premier head co- uh, like uh, a premier um, play caller in this situation. It just doesn't. It doesn't add up. So I have no idea who he's going to tap into. Get get uh, Pep Hamilton back here. He's got experience in DC. Former DC Defenders head that's coach. True. He was. He was. Funny you say he was that. Calling, What's that? Say funny you say that. What's that? I was thinking that would be a great guy. Yeah, I, listen, I I like Pep and And he has a he has a history of developing quarterbacks. He does. He's a great quarterback developer. Wasn't he called plays in Houston this past year? Did he, he have a quarterback here this year? He worked with he worked with Luck. He's worked with people when they were in college as well. He has a way better reputation than Scott Turner had. I'm just saying it's it, it's kind of tough to hire a coordinator coming off a season where they were 31st in yards and 30th in points. We hired a coach that we got fired as a head coach. What, what, what were you talking about? I mean, if we're going to talk about that, the guy we got fired in an awful season got hired as our head coach, and I was president. In, I don't know enough about Pep. I, I'm just saying he's coming off a really bad year in Houston. Maybe the situation in Houston was just bad for everybody. I think, I think for Pep uh, – you got to look at the totality of, of where he was at. He was brought in, you know, he thought that he would be there for a while, but I think a lot of people around the league uh, were, were skeptical from the start that, that Pep and Muddy were going to stick around. It seems like they were being hired to fired and put, he was rolled out there with a combination of Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll mm-hmm. at quarterback. And, uh, you know, they, they had a lack of talent at almost every position 
on the field. You could make the argument that they had a good running back in Damian Pierce before he got hurt. But besides that, they had, they had no talent on that offense. Yeah. And, and Bemich is right. Like, Pep has a track record of being a very good quarterbacks coach and very good on the offensive sure. side of the ball. Let's, but this is kind of the situation that we're in right now. We're going to have to find, like, a silver lining with whoever we bring in. We're, we're not going to get, like, a, a hot name to come in and be an offense coordinator for us. We have to find somebody that might be looked at as being either on the downside of their career or somebody that, that's not one of these premier names and convince ourselves that we can work with them because we just don't have, we don't have the luxury of time right now. So um, I, off the top of my head, Pep seems like as good an option as any as we can have. So that, that's, that's kind of where my two cents land, but I'm sure there's some names out there that I'm not thinking of. For me, and, and this is, I don't, I'd rather kind of swing to an unknown. There's a, a and, and I'm a McVay guy, so there's a young guy named Thomas Brown that's on the Rams staff, and uh, he is, the way Sean talks about him, I've talked to other people in the league about him, and he is the kind of guy that is really, like, turning heads. Um, apparently, Houston called him for a head coaching interview. Uh, a, a guy like that is what, when Sean... I mean, this guy went to Georgia, was running backs coach um, and tight ends coach, and they uh, they named him assistant head coach to probably give him a pay bump. This is a young guy. Um, it's a it's a minority candidate that is something I think the commanders would like to try to do. At least I, I would think like Jason Wright would like to try to do. And and I'd just be excited at at the prospect of giving somebody a chance that NFL people think is going to be a home run perhaps eventually, and that's kind of my horse in the race. I really liked Caldwell. Obviously, that's not happening now. But, dude, who knows? This is going to go a million different directions, and and I think it might land on Mike Shula, who's, a, who's to your point, a, a former Panthers coach with Ron that, yeah. that is available. Yeah, that, that seems like one of the blueprints that we might have to follow. Like a guy that just knows Ron, that Ron will be like, come in, the situation's messed up, but just trust me, we can make it work at least for a little bit until the team gets sold. Do you want a paycheck? Okay, here's a job for you. That might that might be the situation that we might find ourselves in. Um, besides that, you know what name would be intriguing to me, but I I don't know that he'd want to come work here. Would be Bill O'Brien as an offensive coordinator. Hmm. So Bill Bill O'Brien, um, he's been kind of like reworking himself down in Alabama for a while, kind of figuring himself out again. He's probably going to get invited back to New England. That would be my guess, but. Bill O'Brien, I think that we as a country need to apologize to Bill O'Brien, at least Bill O'Brien, the head coach, for the slander that we it's put true. on his name for the last two years that he was in Houston. He went 52-48 and 48 as the head coach of the Houston Texans. And given what that franchise is involved in, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a legitimately good record that you could have. 52-48, and 48, got to the playoffs a few times. He's a good coach. I do a podcast with Arian Foster, and Arian keeps talking about what a great offensive mind Bill O'Brien was and how the players absolutely loved him when he played there. Mm. Uh, I think he ran into some problems towards the end when he also named himself uh, general GM, manager. Right. And then GM Bill O'Brien, having to deal with that front office in Houston, had to make some bad decisions. I don't know how many were his idea and how many he kind of got pushed into by that ownership group. But uh, as far as head coach Bill O'Brien goes, he's a good head coach. And remember, he went to Penn State right at the in the middle of the Sandusky Yeah, when that was impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when they took away all their scholarships, they pretty much nuked the entire program. 
and the only guy that they could find to coach there was Bill. And Bill came in, and he turned. He had a winning record at Penn State when they were in the middle of all those sanctions. He's a good X's and O's head coach. I would love to see Bill O'Brien get a shot at D.C. That said, if he gets a call from Bill, he's going to go back up to New England in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah, but, but still, it's worth exploring. You wonder if he doesn't want a head coaching job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he so, may think he's he, he's too good to be a— it, It's uh, one thing to go uh, work for Belichick, who was go. his boss that brought him into the NFL. He may think he, he's right on the level playing field with Ron. So, I, I, speaking of B.O.B., though, he was with the Terps. He was um, on Ralph Friedgen's staff with Maryland in the early 2000s. And I had a couple buddies on that team. Scott McBrien, everybody loved him. And and that's going back 20 years to a college role. Um, I, I think Bill O'Brien would do a good job. When you talk about Bill O'Brien having success with Houston, I, I this comes across as a joke, but I think there's some level of seriousness to it. Obviously, what Joe Gibbs did here from you know 1980 to 1993 is incredible, and he won three Super Bowls, went to another one, you know, Hall of Fame coach, all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that the most impressive thing Joe Gibbs ever did was go to the playoffs two he came out back of four, the second time, two out of four years under Dan Snyder's ownership. Yeah. He's the only dude that can win a playoff game under Dan Snyder's there ownership. There you go. Like that, that's true. He he managed to squeeze uh, 42 air yards out of Mark Brunel and got a playoff win. How about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, PFT, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and thank you so much for making time for us. Um, B and I just booked our spot in Arizona, so maybe we can drink some beers when we're out there. But um, what do you think of Derek Carr? Derek Carr, uh, I think he's nice guy. Derek Carr, good guy. Uh, do not want him within 400 nautical miles of the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's a fine quarterback. Uh, he's, he seems like, I don't want to use the phrase damaged goods, but he's been like mentally, he seems like he's not having a good time playing football and he seems like he's unsure of himself. It's almost like the sense of what I got with Carson when he was, when he started to go through a little downturn with the Colts last year. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from Derek Carr right now where he, he kind of, he doesn't trust his arm. He's been beaten down. He's had some high profile failures. And he seems like he's just he's at the he's at his wit's end. He needs to go somewhere to be like completely rejuvenated. And I don't think that we've established the Washington Commanders franchise as a place where people like uh, we're we're not like a, a, a rescue place where people can go no. and like find their forever yeah. home. You I know, mean, like, he gets a chance people... to choose basically where he wants to go. And, you think he's going to choose here? And people thought Carson would come here, and this was the right place. This ain't the right place, man. No, this is the this is the right place if you're. 100% already set up for fail or for success, <laughs> and you're bringing in like all your own weapons with you. This is like a, we're like a latchkey organization. We're not like you can't you can't expect us to do the rehabilitation part for you. If you come here messed up, you're going to leave twice as messed up as when you got through the store. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think he's going to be traded somewhere. Um, I I can't see a situation where uh the where he would be cut and then he would find a new place to go. So it, somebody's going to have to take on that big contract that he has. And he's it's a pretty massive one. I think it's like he's due $40 million next year. Yeah. To me, he just he, he screams Indianapolis Colt. He just seems like the next Colt quarterback, doesn't he? Just based on what yeah. we've seen over the last like three or four I years. I think it's Colts or Jets. Yeah, I, I could actually talk myself into him being successful on the Jets just because the rest of that team is so good. Where all they need is like a uh, a slightly 
below average quarterback would still get them to the playoffs. So uh, he might be good in that situation, but also he is not going to like the New York media if he comes here. He's no. not going to like that at all. Um, I, I I know you're 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 rehabbing from COVID, so I don't want to leave you with a sad thought. But I got this tweet from Jake Siders, and it is sadly wildly accurate. He says it's very fitting that this Commanders team is just a Trent Williams and Kirk Cousins away from being good. Oh man, come on! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mean, how on. accurate is no. that? No, I, th- I think about it all the time, especially with Trent. Like, I, so when the the Pro Bowl and AP votes were coming out uh, for for first team, the first thing that I did, I didn't I didn't go on there looking for to see if there were any commanders on there because obviously, aside from Reeves, that that was not going to be an issue. The first thing I did was I went to the left tackle position to see if Trent Williams made All Pro because I still root for the guy that much. Like that, that that's that's what you do this time of year as a commanders fan. You just you you think about the guys that put in their dues on this team that that left under uh, you know issues that were not necessarily their fault or left because of understandable grievances, and you start to root for those guys in the playoffs. So I want I want Trent Williams to get a Super Bowl ring. He's one of my favorite players. He was one of my favorite players to watch when he was here, and uh, and and he deserves all the success that he's having. But yeah, Kirk Cousins, I cannot say the same about. I will be because I, I got a bet where if oh, you get a tattoo, right? If he wins the Super Bowl, I have to get Kirk Cousins' face tattooed on my ass. So I'm not, I'm not rooting for him officially. I think you're safe season. this year. <laughs> I can see yeah, B I might... starting to root for him just so you have to get a butt tattoo. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to see that tattoo. <laughs> PFT, thank you as always, man. We always right, man. appreciate your time. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Take right, care, buddy. Feel better, buddy. Thank you. That is the legendary right. PFT commenter. Give him a follow, Twitter and Instagram, at PFT commenter. Don't go anywhere. We're talking bills. We're talking wild card weekend. Gonna be a. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Busy, busy show. B. Mitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan. Every once in a while, B. Mitch pulls a rabbit out of a hat, and it is the coolest thing in the world. One of the best NFL coaches of all time, fifth on the all-time NFL wins list. Yes. Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Mr. Andy Reid. Andy, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Happy New Year to you guys. Same to you, coach. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Brian. Thank I, you. I told JP, I say, if Andy called me the coach, I'll go coach. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah, how everything been going, though, coach? I mean, you all yeah. get the number one seed this year and you're waiting, but, uh, you know, I know you always looking to figure out a way to make sure you can roll through this playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. The coaches worked this week, and the players got a little time off. They were back today and uh, just got done with practice. So <clears throat> they got a little rest and relaxation, and now it's time to uh, gear it up and get ourselves ready to play a game. 
Andy, I've been covering the Commanders now for uh, 10 years, and uh, I have never covered a team that has a first-round bye in the playoffs. I'm curious, what are, like, the logistics? Uh, Like, do you give a couple days off, three, four days? How how does it work? Yeah, they got got three full days off, and... uh, to relax, do what they wanted to do. Had them come in on Monday, and um, you know we we visited on kind of what's going the schedule and what goes on for the playoffs for the guys that hadn't been through them. <clears throat> and then uh, the coaches they work and knock out stuff. Uh, there are four teams that we possibly have a chance to play, and so we go through and look at those teams and get get familiar with the ones that we haven't played. We played a couple of them, but get familiar with the ones we haven't played. I've sat in your meeting room. I understand how you have guys learning and knowing what to do. How difficult is that to be ready, being prepared for one of four teams? You don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah, you you just uh, you try to get a base on each one, and you're not putting the whole game plan together, but you're kind of getting a feel on it. Now, you know, then you listen, you listen to the guys that uh, put the odds on these things of who could win, who couldn't win, and all that whole deal, and. Um, you know, you kind of lean more towards the teams that you think are going to be there, and uh, that's how you go. But listen, every, once you get into the playoffs, I mean, you, you, there's no predictions, man, that, that work. Uh, anybody can beat anybody. Um, Andy, unfortunately, got called back on a, a holding call, I believe, but. You ran one of the coolest plays I've seen in a while against the Raiders where the, the guys huddled up and they were circling around and then all ran out to the line of scrimmage. Bring it around to Rosie. Where do you come up with this stuff? Yeah, well, listen, I everybody has a piece of it. So we, we're all comers on that. We take ideas in, and if we like them, uh, I've got 51% of us. I, I mean, if, it, uh, <laughs> if, if we like it, then it goes in. So, uh, uh, But... Nobody ever claims them, you know. It does, it's Until they work, a neat deal. Huh? <laughs> Until they <Yeah>. work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Even then, they they don't claim. It's crazy. So, but anyways, that one, that 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 was a good one, and um, you know, we we had the holding on, but that you know, that's all right. You try to, the guys enjoy doing stuff. They they like being creative, and so those things they buy into, and normally they work. That one we had the penalty on, but. Talking with Chiefs coach Andy Reid, number one seed in the AFC, enjoying a bye this week before they find out who they'll play next week. Um, you know, I, I know just from reading a lot about you over the years that you are a true football historian. And when you start to look at where you are on the all-time list, I mean, you moved past Curly Lambeau in all-time wins. You're now behind Tom Landry, Belichick, George Hallis, Don Shula. I, I mean, the, the, these names are the titans of football, do you do you allow yourself a moment to consider the company you're in? You know, you know, you don't when you're when you're in the middle of it. I I think I, I think if you ask Bill, he'd probably tell you the same thing. You just you you're so tied up on trying to win the next game that uh, you don't really sit back and enjoy. And then the off season, you're busy getting ready for the draft. You're always busy with something, and so you don't think much of it. Maybe when you're done playing or done coaching the. You'll sit back and think about it, but um, right now you're just you're as good as the next win. So you want to make sure you uh, you take care of business and exhaust yourself for that. So I, we always talk to you about Mahomes and Kelsey and and the incredible offense that you run. But 
I, I got to confess, and, and we get to watch some good D-tackle play here in Washington between John Allen and Deron Payne, Jones. but Chris Jones is such a, a badass, man. What, what is yeah. he like as a guy, and, and how how valuable is it to have somebody like that in the middle of your defense? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's really grown up a lot uh, since he's been here. His game, he works at it um, on and off the field. You know, he makes sure he keeps himself in great shape, and and he loves to play. You know, he's got a big personality. He's, he's a lot of fun to be around, and um, and he's developed into a, a good team leader. So he, he's one of our playoff captains and uh, well-deserved. That's voted on by the players. So um, he'll be one of those guys. B. Mitch was one, one of my guys on that, too. So, he, you know, those, those guys, it's, uh, it's important to them, and they, and they take, uh, take a lot of responsibility for that. We know you holding up a meeting. And uh, one more question. JP last year tried to see if you were willing to part ways with that quarterback. We looking for a quarterback here in Washington. Have you given it any thought yet? You sent us McNabb. (laughs) You sent us Alex Smith. It's only only logical. Yeah. Yeah. Not right now. Not right now. (laughs) You're kind of busy. Yeah. But, man, I appreciate you, Coach. And good luck to you all in the playoffs, man. Thank you very much for giving us some time. Absolutely, man. Love you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Love you too, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't get goosebumps much, but when Andy Reid just calls in, it is just unbelievably cool. Yep. And I told you about the the play stuff. He he makes it so much fun, and this is what I talk about sometimes. Coaches have to have the mindset. Listen, you find a way. Like if you if you own a country club, shouldn't you have the best food and the best entertainment? And then your people don't leave. Your, they finish golf, they stay there, and they entertain themselves, and they spend money at your country club. Why would you not want to have the best where they have to leave your place to go somewhere else? So what Andy does, he makes sure they have all the stuff around them. He also gives the guy, like he said, everybody's involved with it. Come up with a play. We like it. We'll put it in. You know, and, and, and he's done that. He's, he did it when I was still playing. You know what I'm saying? And he still does it. So it makes people feel like they have ownership in something. And it makes it even more fun. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's a great thing. And uh, he's done a great job. And I would like to see some of our coaches have a little bit more of that type of personality. You know, that that, that mindset of, like, I'm going to tell you what to do all the time. Everything going to be – no, 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 no. doesn't work. Not in this day and age. I, Andy's just such a special dude. And the fact that he's locked in on the playoffs and he's still able to call a former player um, – it's uh, it's really, really pretty cool. And you can just tell um, the relationship you guys have and as crazy and as wild as you are, why your coaches love you. Hey, I might be wild, but the thing of it is, like, one thing I know, coaches want a guy to go out and work. And I did that. And when you get to be an older guy, what it is is that you want to make sure you present something to where the young guys see. Because everybody young is looking for that guy to copy. And if I'm a guy cutting corners, guess what they're going to do? Copy. And so it's not always it's not only the positive things they look at. And I can remember Andy told me uh, my last year in Philly, he was like, yo, man, you know, you could take a veteran day off today. I said, nope. I said, because if I take a day off, the next guy's going to want to take a day off. He said, man, you know what? That's why I love you being around here. So it, it, it's you help in different ways. And the dude was very, very cool. He was fair. I, and I told him he reminded me of Coach Gibbs because he's super fair. If he tells you something, you can take it to the bank. And, you know, we hear about players, coaches, okay? He is a player coach. He demands respect, but he's not going to sit up here 
and 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 make you look bad to make himself look good. You, we heard sometimes like he's he's loyal to his players to a fault sometimes, but he stays there and he keeps he keeps respecting them. I, I mean, there's clearly something that that they're doing right. Uh, I mean, and it's not like and I love when you point out with the AJ Feely, right? Yep, because. He had McNabb, and it's easy to kind of sleep on how good McNabb was because of the second half of his career, but McNabb was hella good, and he has Mahomes now. But he won with Alex. He won with A.J. Feely. Um, Jeff Garcia was winning games in Philly. I I mean, Andy Reid is is a true offensive mastermind, and it's one thing to have the X's and O's, but it's another when you can be a people, when you can react to people. Because I think a lot of fans – misunderstand the human element in pro football and it is vital and you got to be able to marry both of those and, and, and the best the best coaches do that now if you want to talk about the best gentlemen's clubs how about cloakroom nominated multiple times for best overall gentlemen's club in the country and it just got even better located on K Street Northwest cloakroom is the first gentlemen's club in the US to have its own sports book you can place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while enjoying the entertainment if you're not into that you take an elevator upstairs to the beautiful year-round climate-controlled sportsbook and lounge called the Over Under. State-of-the-art retractable roof TV showing all the games. They've gotten a killer bourbon selection, all sorts of different stuff. Really? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the grand opening of Over Under tomorrow. Brian, where are you gonna be tomorrow? I'm gonna come hang out with you. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. You get on the elevator, you go all the way to the top four floor, the fourth floor. It is a scene. You feel like you're in Miami, and there is Football on this weekend. I cannot wait. Check it out, cloakroomdc.com. You miss either of our interviews with Andy Reid or PFT Commenter, get on the Odyssey app, hit rewind, and you can find those guys. Um, I feel like we're, uh, you know, every time I ask, listen, Brian Brian Mitchell asks for something, Andy Reid responds. All I ask is for Andy Reid to trade Patrick Mahomes to the commanders, and he says no. (laughs) No. He didn't say no. He said not now. Not yet. <laughs> so, so let's they, see. About 15 years, years yeah. he's like, you can have it. <laughs> we'll take three first-rounders. Uh, um, Andy's just so cool. I love doing that every year. Uh, I got something interesting. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys has been a pretty staunch supporter of Dan Snyder over the years, I would say. Jerry Jones, I believe this is to Jared Bell from USA Today, has some pretty specific comments. Um, I, I got, I, I got, I'm seeing the story from Jared Bell. He mentioned Texas, Jared. Um, Trying to read it all. Jerry Jones asked about his relationship with Dan Snyder. I would say we've had to be more formal in our conversations. We're not as cavalier as we might have been. Follow me? Don't know who's listening. Who's what? So we've had to be more formal. I'm going to turn to the CBSO on this one. Um, what the hell does that mean, Landfill? Jerry Jones, is uh, he's getting up there. Okay. Um, well, how about this? I'll need the CBSO on this because I don't think this is as confusing. Jerry Jones asked about possible sale in Washington. Now, he, Jerry did say he doesn't see 
um, evidence that would rise to the level of NFL owners voting out Dan, but that doesn't mean that a sale might not make the most sense. Jerry Jones said, he's got the perfect storm. If he decided to move on, who could possibly blame him or her? Talking about Tanya. Mm. On top of that, he's not the most beloved guy around, which I guess I might identify with a bit too. Jones added this. Is he worth me taking a sword? He's not Al Davis. For me, he's not. Whoa. You got to go back in time here, but Jerry Jones and Al Davis were extremely close because both of them pushed the NFL into new directions that the old guard didn't support. And Jerry, as Jerry's power ascended, as he made the league billions of dollars and was a marketer of the highest order, and Al's Raiders organization started to kind of fade, Jerry defended the hell out of Al Davis late in his life. So when Jerry says of Dan, is he worth me taking a sword? He's not Al Davis. For me, he's not. Hmm. That is tell. What's the CBSO here on that one? I'm not going to try to help him. Yeah. You're, bye. We're not actually friends, bro. Two more here. Jerry Jones. Jerry freaking Jones, people. Cowboys owner. I quote. This is from USA Today, Jared Bell. My main thing about Washington is that I don't want to do damage to the ability to attract capital. With sponsors alone, you want people to stand in line to be associated with the team. There are a lot of natural things that will occur on their own if you don't mess it up. You know what I can't help think about here from Jerry Jones? Brian? Hmm? We reported on this about this time last year. You know what the Commanders just finished a season without? Sure, you could say a playoff win or even a playoff appearance or a franchise quarterback. They finished the season without all of those things. Mm -hmm. But do you know what the Commanders finished an NFL season without? Home setup? A beer sponsor. When Jerry Jones says, there are a lot of natural things that will occur on their own if you don't mess it up. Bud Light and the NFL? Bud Heavy? Michelob Ultra? There are a lot of natural things that will occur on their own if you don't mess it up. The NFL and beer? (laughs) Yeah. NFL and beer goes like peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) One more. Gravy and rice. Peas and carrots. Yeah. One more here. Like Michael B. Jordan and J.P. Finley. One of the strengths of the NFL is that when you've had, for whatever reason, ownership stumbles or you get tired or get compromised, we have great capital available to us, new owners willing to put in. So your future investment in the league doesn't need to have people that are going to get into a bleep storm every time they walk out their door as potential owners. Mm. That's going to keep them from coming in. We want to encourage people to come into the ownership of the league. You definitely want to do that. If Jerry Jones is saying we want to encourage people to come into the ownership of the league and Jerry Jones is saying your future investment in the league doesn't need to have people that are going to get into a bleep storm every time they walk out their door, you know what I hear? Jerry Jones is saying time to sell, Danny. Jerry Jones is basically saying, you know what? I'm fed up. 
I tried to help. You show me that you're not you're not a loyal uh, compadre. And he gave him the two fingers. Deuces. Jerry Jones sounds like he's ready for a new owner in Washington. Do not go anywhere. Time to make some wild card predictions. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 